This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Week 8 of the NFL season, I'm Tom Ackerman, and we're joined by Lauren Lovett, as always. Lauren, you got me last week. I was 8-4 and four out of the 12 games, and you were 9-3. and three. You're closing in on me. I am. I am. It's about time. Time for the tables to turn. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we'll see. Uh, you, you've been very strong. You beat me by a game last week, and here we go. For week 8, we pick straight up, no spreads, and then we'll get your fantasy football tip of the week, so stay tuned for that. Carolina at Atlanta. I'll go first again, and boy, this is a tough one for me. I think the Falcons at 3-3 three and three have played well, and I'm going to stay with them here. I'm going to go with the vibe that's going on in Atlanta with the Braves about to win the World Series, quite possibly tonight, and the Falcons getting a little bit of that energy and winning over Carolina. Oh, I agree. I think that that stadium is going to be electric, people bouncing back and forth between those two games. I think it's going to be an incredible environment. I I think Atlanta, I'm going to go with them too. I thought the Panthers would have a chance to get back on track last week playing the Giants, but they're just struggling. Sam Darnold has like really regressed since the beginning of the season. And I honestly think it's going to be a problem for them until McCaffrey comes back. Um, I also think their defense has begun to collapse as they're playing like better opponents. Atlanta squeaked out the win last week, but Kyle Pitts is a beast. Ridley had a big game. Um, I'm going to go with Atlanta today. Miami at Buffalo. I think this is no contest. Bill's big here, Lauren. No, I agree. I mean, Tua played well last week with the exception of those two terrible interceptions is what ultimately lost in the game. But I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo receivers will have a huge day. Um, They've won six straight over the Dolphins. I expect them to add to that win record today. Going to go with Buffalo. San Francisco at Chicago. Interesting game here. Uh, The Bears are an underdog in this game for whatever reason. I I think because they haven't played all that well, but the Niners haven't either. Uh, I'm going to go Bears at home. I think the Bears get a win here on Halloween. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you here. I mean, the Bears just have not played well all year. Their offense is terrible. Um, Mac is out. Nagy's out with coronavirus. I just think they're a mess right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the 49ers today. All right, I'll go Bears. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. The Browns have to find a way. They are, I think, on the ropes here. A team that I thought could be a playoff team, but injuries have really gotten them. Uh, I'll go with the Browns at home today against the Steelers. They'll be amped up for that game. Yeah, I agree. This is a tough one. I mean, the Browns have injuries everywhere, but Chubb will be back. Mayfield is looking good. He looked good on Friday. I mean, 
Steelers, they got Juju still sidelined. They still have a lot of weapons, but I think Claypool is still nursing that hamstring injury. And Pittsburgh just has not lived up to the billing this year. I'm I'm going to take the Browns at home today. Detroit 0-7 hosting the 2-5 and Philadelphia Eagles. Not the prettiest game in the world. Not at all. Can Detroit get off the schneid? If they're ever going to, Lauren, if they're ever going to, it might be today. And guess what? I'm taking the Lions at home with their first win. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've been saying that, I think, for the last few weeks. They are so due for a win. They're playing so hard for Dan Campbell right now. I mean, like you said, these are two pretty terrible football teams. Um, Detroit has consistently been able to get up on teams, and then they blow the lead and lose the game. But I think I think it's going to come down to whoever makes the least mistakes today. But I have a feeling that Detroit's going to take the Wednesday. So I'm going to take the Lions at home. Tennessee at Indianapolis. This is another tough one to call. Some good games here. Uh, I'll go Colts at home, Lauren. As you know, I've been on the Colts bandwagon here for, for yeah. a little while. I should have picked them last week. I'm going to go against you. I knew you were going to take them today. I mean, I think the Titans are definitely the stronger team. The Colts have definitely dialed things up over the last three weeks. And once is playing well, but their victories have come over some bad teams. The Dolphins, the Texans, the 49ers. The Titans destroyed the Chiefs last week. They will be without Julio Jones, but I don't I don't know. I still think that they can do it today. I'm going to take Tennessee to win. Here are back-to-back blowouts I've got set up for you, Lauren. Cincinnati over the Jets, Rams yeah. over Houston. I'm going to take the Bengals and the Rams on the road. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the Jets are just uh, – they're not really terrible, actually, on defense, but their offense is pitiful. Um, I think the Bengals will run away with this one. I'm going to take Cincy there. And, yeah, the Rams. I mean, I don't know how much there else is to say. Um, I think that Matt Stafford and the Rams will keep it rolling with the win today. Your New England Patriots on the road against the Chargers, although I'm sure the Patriots fans in Southern California will be in there. Chargers is a good team. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. going to go Chargers at home, Lauren. Yeah, this I'm with you. I you know I hate to pick against the Patriots, and if there was an upset game, I really just wanted to take them today. But I just think that the Chargers just have a definitive edge when it comes to their offensive playmakers. Uh, the atmosphere in LA could be very pro Patriots, honestly. But I just I love the way they performed last week. But I just I think the Chargers are going to come up with a win today. Interesting game here. Jacksonville at Seattle. If the Jaguars are going to win one, it could be this. They come off a bye week. They've got a lot of former Seahawks uh, throughout their roster and coaching staff. Seattle doesn't have Russell Wilson. All that said, I'm still taking the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks (laughs) win at home against Jacksonville. What a what a what a sell on that! I mean, I kind of I kind of feel the same way. I don't have a ton of faith in Geno Smith. However, the Jaguars just aren't a good football team, and it's really hard for me to see them coming into Seattle and pulling off a win. So I'm going to take the Hawks today. Yeah, me too. Uh, Washington at Denver. I'll go Broncos here, Lauren. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos too. I think Washington moved the ball really well last week, but Heineke continues to make critical mistakes. Um, Washington's D line, I thought, actually looked pretty good last week. The Broncos are questionable, but Jerry Judy's back. I actually think that'll be a factor in the win. And I think if Teddy Bridgewater can stay on his feet today, which that's kind of a big if as of late, um, I think Denver can actually easily win this game if those things happen. So I'm going to take Denver today. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Ooh, nice game here down in the Superdome. Until Mm -hmm. somebody shows me they can stop Tom Brady, I'm taking the Bucs. Buccaneers on the road, Lauren. Yeah, I agree. Tampa Bay looked so good last week. The Bucs defense for five turnovers. Tom Brady, as you know, through his 600 touchdown pass. I think the Saints pass defense looked excellent last week, but that was against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. I don't think they're going to be able to do what they did last week against Tom Brady. So I'm going to take the Bucks on the road today. The Sunday night game, Dallas at Minnesota. I'm going Vikings here. I, I think that Dallas, as good as they've been, 
runs into a wall here. The Vikings pass rush is really good, and that could be mm-hmm. a problem. I'm going Vikings at home tonight. Yeah, I was on the fence with this one, too. Delvin Cook is running the ball really well. I, I don't know. Both teams are rested. They're both coming off a bye. I don't know. I, I, I'm, leaning towards, I'm leaning towards the Cowboys today. I just think the Cowboys have the edge. I'm going to take them on the road. Oh, this is going to be a good week between me and you. Giants at Kansas City. Boy, the Chiefs, what a mess. I mean, they just haven't been able to get going here. They're three and four, and the Giants, surprisingly, have a very good success rate against the Chiefs. That All that said, the game on KMOX Monday Night Football, I got the Chiefs at home. I, I, they have to win it, Lauren. They have to. They they really have to win it. And it was really, I mean, I've never had such a hard time picking the Chiefs, especially against the Giants. If you thought this was going to be a tough decision for me at the beginning of the season, it's kind of mind-blowing. But, I mean, Daniel Jones did look incredible last week. He did everything. I mean, he, what, they didn't have Galladay, they didn't have Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, and they still managed to beat the Panthers 25-3. to I mean, I just don't feel good about the Chiefs right now, but uh, like I like you, I just can't I can't pick against them here. So they need to get it done today. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. How about your fantasy tip of the week, Lauren? Love it. I just think that this is a quick little. This is something I'm just doing. It's probably a little boom or bust upside play on the Chiefs. Jerry Judy first came back off IR, and he's only six thousand um, against the abysmal Washington football team. I'd I'd add him to your roster today. Lauren, love it. It is always a treat. I can't wait to see how this week turns out. We'll see. All right. Sounds good. That's Lauren, love it. I'm Tom Ackerman. Coming up next, David Freeze. Don't miss it on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman, pleased to be joined by David Freeze. The former Cardinal is with us this morning on the 10th anniversary of Game 6. That's all you have to say, David. Game 6. Everyone knows what that is. (laughs) Tom, what's going on? What's going on? Are you ready to take a little walk down memory lane here for the next six minutes? I guess so, man. Ten years. It's pretty crazy. Isn't that cra- First of all, isn't that crazy? Ten years? Yeah. It does feel like, I don't know what it feels like for you, but for us, it feels like it just happened. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, lately I've thought about it, and I think when I, you know, when I'm thinking about baseball, it definitely flies by. Then take a step back and you focus on your life. You know, man, I think things slow down. You realize a lot has happened in the last ten years. It really has. So the Rangers are up 7-4 in the eighth inning, David. And just give me your summary of what happened up until that point, just your general feeling, because it was a crazy (laughs) game. There's so much going on. And there was even a ball that that bounced off your head at at one point. Yeah, I mean, that thing was up there forever, (laughs) and it came down really. I I think Hamilton hit it, Um, but um, that definitely – you know, added to the circus. I think we had two or three errors in a couple innings. You know, um, they were botching some balls. And then, uh, like you said, we were down 7-4. And, you know, a hit that a lot of people don't remember um, was Alan Craig's homer. I think that was in the eighth inning, and it made it a two-run game. And uh, I think that kind of sparked us. You know, we never gave in. We never gave up. But uh, him pumping that homer and and making it kind of a a two-run game – you know, kind of jump-started us and made us believe a little more. Here it is. The pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Left field. Way back. And it's a gunner. 
home run by Alan Craig, and the place was jumping at that point, and you looked at yeah. each other and said, we're in this thing, right, David? Yeah, you just uh, when you're down two, you just start thinking about first and second double, second and third, bloop single, you know, new ball game. And with our lineup and, and what we had going on, you know, all the guys that were hitting well, um, you know, two runs was nothing um, for either team. And in the ninth inning, Albert Pujols doubles, a one-out double. Berkman walks. Then Craig strikes out, and it's up to you. Take us to that moment as you're stepping to the plate. Yeah, I think it was was kind of difficult, I think, looking back at Albert's A.B. If you you can recall it, I think everyone was thinking that this could be Albert's last A.B. as a Cardinal. So not only is everybody off their seats cheering, but they're also – kind of doubling up on um, the fact that it could be his last at-bat. And, um, you know, he roped that ball in the left center. Burpin gets on. And then, um, you know, I think we got two outs going up there and uh, just trying to figure out how to face Feliz. Um, never fa- never faced him before, but just worked the count, stayed calm, and um, got the same pitch, you know, got, got the same pitch twice and, and uh, you know, hit it well. Cruz, Cruz helped me out a little bit, but uh, it worked out. You hit it well. Here it is. David Freeze. Swinging a long one in the right. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's at the wall. It is off the wall. One run in. Here comes Burton. Over to third goes Freeze. We're tied 7-7. Seven, seven. How about that? Unbelievable. What a moment. And what a call there. And I know you have a ton of respect for him. Mike Shannon, David. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get chills listening to Rooney and then Shannon, uh, you know, I got buddies, close buddies that will just be walking down the street and they'll just be like, get up, get up, you know, it's just mid-conversation and, and we just start rolling. But uh, it's always great to hear his voice on the calls. Oh, the roller coaster of this game. Josh Hamilton homers in the 10th. It's 9-7. Yeah. Then Terrio gets that RBI ground out in the 10th to make it 9-8, and it comes down to Lance Berkman. Here it is. The two on, two outs, two strikes, the pitch. A swing and a base hit into center field. Here comes John Jay with the tying run. Pujols goes to third, representing the winning run. The Cardinals have done it again. My, oh, my. I can't believe it. Incredible. What was that dugout like then? We wanted Lance up. That was the guy that we wanted up there. Uh, outfield was playing way back. And then once once Lance got into that at-bat, um, against Feldman, you knew he was uh, going to do something good. You know, we didn't know if he was going to get a hit or not, but uh, the veteran guy he is, you know, his presence, how calm he was, you just knew something was going to happen. And uh, two guys scampered scampered down and, and went to the 11th. Jake Westbrook worked a scoreless top of the 11th, yeah. which was very important, and it set up the leadoff batter, David Freeze. 3-2 delivery on its way. Swing and a high drive to center field. What's it like to hear that again? <laughs> it's unbelievable. You hear, I mean, man, you play at all these stadiums, and I swear you can just hear crowds, and you know, and you know what park it is. Um, it's just, it's just crazy, you know. And all the bars want the, want these games to happen in October, and it was it was sweet just turning it into a game seven.
And you did. And you actually came through in the first inning of Game 7. After all that, uh, after the Rangers responded with some early runs, you got the game knotted up and then went on to win the World Series. Just a dream for a kid growing up in St. Louis, David. Yeah, yeah, 10 years. Um, you know, like you initially said, it's just crazy to think about. It's going to be on my mind, my family and friends' minds forever, and it's just, uh, you know, obviously a dream come true. But uh, great, great kind of rerunning it and um, and looking back on it for sure. Change your life, I know, but also your life <laughs> yeah. today. Before we go, just uh, tell us how things are going for you and your wife and your two cute yeah. kids. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're just down in Austin hanging out. Um, got my oldest in school and then uh, trying to work on the golf game. And and just uh, we got that fantasy camp coming up in Jupiter next week. I'll be down there all week. Uh, you know, Alan Craig, a bunch of alumni will be down there. Um, you know, so I'll throw the spikes back on and roll over to third a few times, I'm sure. And it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a blast uh, down there in Jupiter. Really excited for that. But yeah. uh, other than that, man, just, yeah, just hanging out. Yeah, I'm bummed I can't be down there with you. I've got an event uh, that weekend, but okay. uh, have an amazing time, and it's so great to hear you, and thank you so much for joining us on KMOX this morning. Really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, Tom. I'll see you soon, man. Same. There's David Freeze. Game 6, the 10th anniversary. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, no Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX, the home of the St. Louis Cardinals. And what a pleasure to be joined by the new manager of the Cardinals, the 51st manager in Cardinals history, is Ali Marmel, and uh, what a treat to, to be able to chat with you. Thank you for the opportunity, and congratulations on a big, big day for you, Ali. Tom, I appreciate it. Thank you. This is obviously exciting for, for me and the family, and we're looking forward to uh, to what's ahead as far as leading this organization, um, the staff and the players. Uh, it's an exciting time for sure. I know it is, and you mentioned family right away, and it is a big day for the family. All of these days are the baseball family, but – your immediate family plays such a big role in everything that you do, doesn't it? It really does. When you look back at it, all the all the sacrifices and, and, and the things that need to take place in order for this to even be a possibility, um, they're numerous. Uh, so to be able to reflect on that and, and take the moment for what it is, it's a, it's a special day for not only me, but for, for everybody involved that, that to help this be uh, possible. When I say that, manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, what goes through your mind? Um, we're talking about one of the most storied franchises in all sports. Uh, it's an absolute honor. It's a uh, it's a privilege. Um, like I said in the presser, not not many people get the manage, let alone for one of the top organizations in, in all sports. And uh, it's an absolute privilege to be able to to help lead this organization forward. And make no mistake, you are a Cardinal, and you have been since 2007. You remember that day, your draft day? <laughs> I, I do. I do. Um, with high aspirations to, to get to the big leagues as a player. And um, it was an exciting time with uh, my wife being there at the time and, and my parents and, and brothers. It was, uh, it was a special moment in 2007 for sure. Because everybody played a part in growing the game with you, and then here, there you were, a Cardinal. Now, I heard you say also in the presser that you hit a buck 90, but, hey, Tony La Russa <laughs> hit 199 in his major league career. 
right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but but I did it in a ball. There's a difference there. <laughs> That's right. So okay, so you became the hitting coach for the Gulf Coast League Cardinals, and then before Correct. long, you were the manager at both Johnson City and Palm Beach. Uh, take me back to those days. Yeah, um, I, I remember coming into the office and they offered me a position to manage. Um, I'm trying to think of how old I was at the time, but uh, to say I was in over my head is an understatement. And they, they they put a lot of good people around me that helped mitigate that learning curve. And um, gosh, it was it was fun. Uh, I was able to do it in Johnson City for I believe one year, and then State College for two, and then Palm Beach for a couple uh, before. Matheny asked me to join his staff in 2017, um, but that's where a lot of the learning took place of how to how to manage up and down and, and keep a clubhouse and, and and treat a player and earn the respect of a player um, and, and just move the mission forward uh, the way the Cardinals have, have done for for decades. So uh, it was a, a great opportunity coming up through the system for sure. Yeah, and you became the first base coach as you said in 2017, and before long. Uh, you had a second manager you were working with in Mike Schilt and became his bench coach. And I know that's uh, something that's very close to you. Actually, you and I share that. Where Mike Schilt, you know, I consider him a friend, and I know you do too. And so uh, to take a spot that he occupied, um, I'm sure there are several emotions flowing through you, as they are through him. I mean, he always speaks very high, highly of you, Ollie. Yeah, there's, there's definitely um... – a, a ton of emotions to your point, Tom. I mean, when you when you look back at um, kind of equipping me to to be in this position, uh, there's a lot of time and energy that went into that, and um, uh, didn't think it would be um, today. Um, but uh, to be able to have a conversation with him and 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 get his support on moving this organization forward was uh, was meaningful, and I'm looking forward to doing exactly that. And now you are the manager of the team, and uh, with that, there's the chance. We'll chat about it later, but I, I did host a radio show with Mike and with Mike Matheny and at times with Tony LaRusso, so maybe we'll, maybe this is just the beginning for you and me. We'll see. Uh, but I, <laughs> I look forward to chatting with you. But get, kind of getting down to the business of it, uh, it is a job with uh, very high expectations, but you mentioned this in your presser that you will lean on a lot of people. And as a matter of fact, the word collaborative came up a lot. And can you describe just from your perspective, your view of the organization from that standpoint, from the front office down, actually from ownership down and how they have tried to move this organization forward in that fashion? I I think that's what the greatest organizations and companies do is they are never content with where they're at and they're looking to, um, to improve upon their processes that are in place. And um, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. I mean, we got to understand this, this organization has had a ton of success. So when we talk about doing things differently, I, 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 I don't think of it that way as far as differently, as much as I just build upon the success that the organization has had and modernize certain strategies and decision-making tools and things of that nature. But um, it's definitely just building upon the tradition of rich history that's already in place here. Um, the collaborative nature that you're talking about, it did come up a ton um, in, the, in the presser. It, it's being able to have a continuous conversation with the front office, with the baseball development analytic department, with the performance staff, with the medical staff, and all the other departments that play a role in the player performing, and making sure that we're all speaking the same language. And um, at the end of the day, 
moving the mission forward to win a championship for uh, the city of St. Louis. Um, so it, it's very collaborative. It's using all the resources that are at hand to make sure that we're making sustainable decisions for 162 days or 162 games. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to. It is pretty incredible the way technology is today, the information that you can acquire, isn't it, Ollie? And, and then it really comes down to your staff and the front office in how you utilize that information. That's absolutely right. Um, when, you, when you look at the field staff, we have some very, very talented individuals on our staff um, all the way around. Um, that, that includes our on-field staff with our hitting, pitch, and base running, defense, medical, performance, you name it. They, they all do a fantastic job. And the one thing that um, we'll continue to emphasize is being very confident in what we know and comfortable with what we don't. And then those things that we don't is asking the right questions and then implementing just the right things and tools in order to, to move it forward. Um, so that's one thing we're going to make sure we emphasize and we're looking forward to it. I know decisions are still to be made, but for the most part, uh, this staff is sounds like it's going to remain intact. Is that the case as far as you know? Yeah, Tom, we're excited about our staff, as I mentioned. We really are, um, and our hope is that, that we do bring our staff back. Um, I've been able to talk to several of them over the last couple of days, and like I mentioned, our staff, does a phenomenal job and and i mean that in every area from video to to pop at third and stubby and i mean it's just a great group of guys that are collaborative in nature that um understand what this looks like from uh from a just family standpoint so i'm looking forward to that and you have some roster we know that that's that's a very good ball club what have those conversations been like just in general with your players ollie yeah, I've had the opportunity to talk to a couple guys, um, and it's been good. You want to make sure that when you sit in the seat, you have the respect of, uh, of your veteran group and um, that there's just an understanding of how they want to be held accountable and what it looks like to push this forward and, and make sure that they're reaching their goals personally and achievements personally, but also um, how that fits into the overall picture of the team and uh, to be able to I have discussions with, with the people that I name, like Wayno and Goldie and, and Nolan and Yachty. Uh, we're looking forward to, to 2022, I'll tell you that. You are the first manager of color in the St. Louis Cardinals organization since Mike Gonzalez did it briefly uh, back in 1938 and 1940. And as a Dominican-American, what does this mean to you, Ali? Born in Orlando, and I know that this moment has a lot of impact in that area as well. It does. It's meaningful time. I mean... When you, when you look at it, um, I hope it, it, it allows kids um, in some of the neighborhoods that, that I lived in in Miami and just the ability to look at, at someone in a leadership position um, for, for a franchise like the Cardinals and just know that, um, that with certain dedication and, and, and meaningful relationships and making sure that they put the right people around them and, and use some of the resources at hand that that this is possible um, and we'll continue. I mean, this job is about winning and it's about influence and I'm looking forward to both. Um, I'm looking forward to helping this organization continue to win and I'm looking forward to the influence and impact that the platform allows for as well. Um, and this is one of those meaningful areas of just uh, being able to serve some of those underserved communities and, and, and some minorities as well. That's well said. And a final thing, uh, just to, and I know there's a lot of work to do and a lot of conversations to be had, and you've touched on this a little bit just in our conversation here, but 
stepping back and maybe coming up with who the Cardinals are. And with you at the helm, there are a lot of people, of course, uh, involved here. But what are the St. Louis Cardinals to you? What makes this organization successful, and how do you do that to achieve a 12th World Championship? The first thing that comes to mind is an absolute pursuit of excellence um, in every area. Um, We will push our staff and our players and everybody involved that comes in contact with our players and has a say or an impact on an overall win um, to pursue excellence. Um, That is what's important here. We're going to be very detailed in our approach. Um, And when I just think of the word excellence, it's, Man, it's, it's every single area in detail um, that at the end of the year, when you look back, you're able to rest your head and say, um, we, we didn't overlook anything. I appreciate your time very much. Now we, you can take a breath, and after today will be your first full day as manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. And congratulations. Appreciate it. We look forward to a nice, long relationship with you here on KMOX Radio. Likewise, Tom. I appreciate the questions, and thank you for the call. Thank you. Oliver Marmel, the new manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll be back in just a moment on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Happy Halloween to everyone. As we wrap up the show today, we have a fun little discussion right now with John Brown, the former Fox 2 anchor, now in Orlando, back at the Fox affiliate down there. He's also an author. How are you, John? I'm doing fantastic. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. You have a book that is really good. Uh, This book (laughs) is showcasing the most famous Missourians in our state's first 200 years. And Missouri Legends Volume 2 is the name. Tell us about this. And definitely, I mean, when you talk about the state of Missouri, we have some sports legends, which is what we're going to focus on here. Yeah, well, so it all goes back to about, um, about 20 years ago. I started keeping a list of the famous Missourians from all across the state. And I was just infatuated because people know my backstory. I lived in more than 20 different towns or places all in Missouri before I graduated college. And so I was always fascinated by these people who were from these small towns and big towns and rose to the top of the ranks in whatever industry they were in. And to me, the sports one is most interesting because, you know, I was just a small mid-Missouri, small town mid-Missouri kid. And I was just enthralled by these stories of people from these same small towns that ended up playing in the NBA or in the NFL. And so that was my first book back in 2008. That was Missouri Legends. And then since then, a lot more have risen up. And so for the Bicentennial, we said, let's do it again. Let's find the most famous Missourians for the first 200 years. And that's what we came out with this time. And even though I wrote it, like I was just reading before we went on, I'm still excited about it. I love reading these stories. I do too. And I'm looking at it right now. And uh, it starts, the sports section starts at page 100. And it goes in alphabetical order. So you have Fog Allen. uh, You have uh, Steve Atwater. Great. That's a great one right there. (laughs) Lutheran North grad, Bronco, Hall of Famer now. But I want to start with Yogi Berra because (laughs) I I think that when we look at a national uh, perspective, Yogi Berra. If you ask the casual sports fan, would be like, "Yeah, Yankee, New York." Nope, uh, right? That he's our guy. And same for Casey Stengel. 
yeah. you know, from the Kansas City area. Here are two guys who grew up in Missouri, but people just know them as famous New Yorkers. And that's why I like exposing people to these stories that, yeah, they may have played their or done their professional career elsewhere, but why they are what they are was based right here. And, you know, a lot of people, it's funny, they say, well, how did you decide who to put in on this? And I always use the Jack Buck, Joe Buck scenario. Okay, this will make sense to St. Louisans. Uh, because there are so many people who became famous in Missouri or went elsewhere and became famous. So what I did was I said, where'd you go to high school? <laughs> I call it your formative years, right? So if you grew up here, you get to be included in the book. If you came here and became famous later, uh, you don't, because this is about the people who grew up here. So Jack Buck became famous here as an adult, so he's not in the book. But Joe Buck grew up here, went to high school, and then rose to fame. So He's in there as well. So that's how I pick people like a Yogi Bear because, you know, his roots are right here in Missouri on the hill. And those are the guys I like to focus on because they went through it. All of us who grew up here also went through and we all have the same upbringing and existence. Yeah, I love some of these names in here. You've got uh, Carl Edwards and, uh, uh, you know, from NASCAR. I've always yeah. talked about Joplin's Jamie McMurray. That's a mm-hmm. great name to have in there. Uh, tell me, though, uh, aside from racing, because, you know, we just talked about Yogi and you got baseball, basketball, football are the big sports. But that's important, too, is to give all sports a spotlight. And you certainly do that here. Yeah. Well, what was interesting is in my first book, I just did, you know, the top 20 sports stars. This time I did the legends, the true legends, like the one you mentioned. But then I broke it down by the second tier and the second tier in football, the second tier in the NBA. And they're second tier, not because they're not as good, but some of them are still playing, like a Jason Tatum. You know, you can't write his full story yet because he's not there. So then by separating those, I was able to break out these other people in these secondary sports, like a Devin Alexander, you know, Ben Bishop, Don Carter, with the first million-dollar endorsement deal in pro sports history was a bowler from St. Louis. That, those are the kind of stories that I stumble upon that I'm just fascinated by. And then all the hockey players from the St. Louis area who – who grew up here and are now making their name. But then there's also one like a Helen Stevens, the Fulton Flash, you know, one of the most famous gold medalists from Missouri of all time. But people don't know her story, how she grew up in Fulton, Missouri, made the Olympic team, uh, ran in the Olympics in Nazi Germany. And there are stories that I include where they didn't truly believe she was a woman. So they had to do inspections of her. I mean, how humiliating but just being able to hear the stories that people like this lived through and then rose to great heights with a lot of opposition at those times. I think those are the stories that are going to resonate with a lot of people from all across the state. You know, maybe two of the best players, if you said top 10 players in the NBA, no question, Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal are on that list, both from St. Louis. But mm-hmm. let me skip back over to wrap up with a name that really resonates and actually very powerful to a lot of people and stirs up a lot of emotion, and that is Payne Stewart. Uh, you have Payne Stewart in this book. Yeah. He, he uh, died in, in a uh, plane crash when he was only 42, John. And people forget that he was on top at that time. And I was actually covering the news in Springfield, Missouri. I was a news anchor down there when this happened. So I got to interview his family and get some insight. And, you know, even living here in Orlando, where his wife lived at the time, you know, I've got to interview her. And so I think that's one thing that I bring to this that you won't find in like a Wikipedia is um, I've been able to interview so many of these celebrities and their families after they're gone and to hear the stories of like Payne Stewart's family and how he not only impacted locally, but around the world, too. 
to me, it just showcases how many great Missourians there are. And to me, like I say, my goal with all of this is for somehow Missourians overcome this inferiority complex where we think just because they're from a small town or from a small state that we can't achieve great things. Amen so I'm able to, to talk to schools and say, no, 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 you can't look at the template here. This person invented this from mid-Missouri. This person became an NBA grade from St. Louis. This person was a baseball grade from Kansas City. You don't have the excuse that you can't succeed because people have done it before. Here's the template. Here's how you can do it. Of anything, Tom, that gives me the most joy in talking about this book. That is great. I love that. Missouri Legends, famous people from the Show Me State, Volume 2. Just go to MissouriLegends.com. That's it, right, John? And I have no production issues right now for holiday gifts. How about that? Mm. I can sign them, personalize them, get them in the mail to you. You don't have to worry about a shipping container off the coast. No supply right chain issues here. here. <laughs> I'm all clear, man. Oh, <laughs> so, again, awesome. yeah, MissouriLegends.com. Just let me know how you want them signed. I'll personalize them for anybody in your family and uh, get them out to you quick. What a cool book. Missouri Legends, famous people from the Show Me State. We focused on sports, but as you can imagine, there are pages and pages of Missouri Legends here in Volume 2. Go to MissouriLegends.com. Great to hear your voice, John. Great to have you on KMOX. Let's talk over a golf round one time. How about that? Um, We'll discuss it more. I'm all for it. John Brown with us. Sports on a Sunday morning wraps up now. And thanks for joining us, producer James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman. We'll see you next Sunday on KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t